Hello, and welcome to Unwind Financial, where we talk about all things health and wealth to educate, inspire, and liberate. My name is John Savage. My name is Leah Savage. And today, I just want to talk to you real briefly about bankruptcy. If you're thinking about filing for bankruptcy, just some things to consider. And this podcast will be a little shorter than our other ones, but just something for you to think about. Okay, so and my name is John Savage, by the way. <laughs> it's my wife. Leah Savage. So just uh, want to encourage you guys. Um, and yeah, just know there's always options out there. So with bankruptcy, a lot of times when I talk to people, they'll feel like, okay, I'll just file for bankruptcy. Someone may have told them a friend or family member, maybe they talked to an attorney who's a family member and they're saying, okay, bankruptcy might be an option just to go ahead and do if you're having financial challenges. And it's almost like the easy way out. Um, it used to be maybe a little easier. Things have since uh, about 10, 15 years back, things got a little tougher. There were some changes in the bankruptcy arena. There was a point where people were able to more easily discharge even student loans, but that was cut off. Um, and so just want to encourage you when you're running into different financial challenges, for example, some of the common ones I deal with, people have a lot of student loans. Um, they're dealing with the student loan challenges. We're seeing that right now. Um, and they're not sure what to do. And a lot of people I've talked to, they don't realize, even if they're in default with their, especially federal student loans, they can bring those current. Um, what you need to do is reach out to the student loan company and talk to them. So, um, and when you talk to them, let them know your situation mm -hmm. and find out, you know, there's different, um, there's Great Lakes, there's Navient, which we know they're going to be selling their book of business over to um, Maximus, a new company. So I have to do more research on them, but that's the one I've been looking at right now. So I'm curious to see what all transitions with them at the beginning of 2022. Um, people are still waiting on, you know, of course, uh, loan forgiveness. And there are some things that have been happening right now that's another uh, group of loans have been just discharged and it keeps happening, it seems like every month or two. So. Uh, but I want to encourage you guys anyway, one of the things you want to do is talk to your student loan servicer, uh, whether it's Great Lakes, Navient, whether it's SoFi, um, whether it's uh, Nelnet or someone else, you want to talk to them. That's the first thing. Communicate about your situation. Let them know what's going on. If you're like, hey, all I make is $1,200 a month and I have $75,000 of student loans, I cannot pay $2,000 a month. Mm -hmm. As an example, a lot of people would actually be paying anywhere from $500 to $1,000 with those student loans all things being equal. You need to let them know that. Um, that's one thing. Um, and those are some ways to, as far as other options, besides thinking bankruptcy is the, the answer. And I'll tell you why in a moment. Um, but um, with the bankruptcy, actually, I'll just go straight into it. So with the bankruptcy, there's other costs involved. On average, it's going to take three to six months. That's the first thing. Typically, they're going to want you to have done a, a credit counseling situation by an approved certified um, bankruptcy counselor for credit um, debt management. And that has to be a certificated program that's approved by the federal government. And um, so that has to be done 160 days or more before you even plan to file um, the documents for bankruptcy or as soon as possible. Sometimes you don't have that option. It might be, hey, my home's about to be taken. I'm in foreclosure. I just got out of the hospital. I have some medical bills. I'm feeling great, but my finances are not. And so you might have a lot going on. You may have done everything you know to do. You may have reached out to your creditors. 
in that case, then you file as soon as possible. You let them know the urgency, what's going on, and follow the paperwork to a T. Another thing is, like I said, the cost can be two to three thousand dollars on average. Sometimes they're more. It can take three to six months on average to even go through that whole process um, once you do file for bankruptcy. I've seen where in some cases a member has been spending a year or more just to file for um, bankruptcy and have everything discharged, but because of a piece of paperwork, sometimes documents can be held up if it's a part piece of paperwork, say for your title on a document, maybe there's some issues or something that was found. Uh, there could be some issue with the car, whatever the case might be, because of bankruptcy, you're trying to preserve and protect your main assets of what you do have, such as a vehicle, such as your car, um, your home, uh, things like that. Um, if you have certain assets, like say a violin or something very expensive, a guitar, and you're going through what's called a discovery process, they're going to want to sell all those things that are valuable. So if you have items that are discovered, gold coins, anything that's going to be twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars or more, you're not going to be able to typically hold on to those things. Now you can talk to an estate planning attorney. If you have an estate and you can put those things in trust, you might be able to get around that. Um, but besides that, anything that's in your name that's found, there's a whole discovery process that's going to be um, walked through. And those assets will be sold first to basically resolve any debt issues and obligations you have with creditors. So just know that those are some things that you're going to have to consider. It's not an easy process. You go through a process and then um, with that credit course, it's going to be in about an hour to hour and a half. And then you're going to have to do another one before you meet with the courts. Um, so there's a whole process that you have to go through and then you'll have a meeting with the creditors. That can be five, 10 minutes. They're usually in most cases, not too long for most people. Uh, most people don't have a lot of assets and then you have chapter seven or chapter 13 that's for those who are more high net worth who might have more assets that are above forty thousand dollars or more um, so there's a lot to consider when you say bankruptcy uh, most people will fall under chapter seven because they have very little or no major assets that they can sell off um, and it might be a thing for them so just know that when you're dealing with trying to decide on whether to do bankruptcy or not there's a lot of things to consider so with that said, let's get back to as far as other options besides filing for bankruptcy, because unless if you're already struggling to pay the money now on bills and you say you don't have, I've had some people tell me I don't even have $50 to pay anything. Well, how are you going to pay two, $3,000 or more and pay $400 or more in filing fees just to get started? Then you got to pay another $50 on average for each of your credit counseling sessions that have to be certificated for to go before the judge and be filed with all your paperwork as well. So that's why there's other options out there you want to explore. There's companies like In Charge Debt Solutions. There is Money Management International. There, those are both nonprofit organizations. Money Management International usually charges around $39.95, but they have a, a series of different services, depending on if you need to file for bankruptcy, other debt management services, credit counseling, budgeting, um, going over savings. There's a whole series of things that they do as well, and they have some great counselors that you can reach out to uh, all throughout the day and in the evening as well. Um, there is, and they help you. So with basically what they do with those organizations, they'll negotiate with your creditors. So if you've already tried to negotiate with your creditors or you're not sure what to do at all, you can reach out to them. They can try and get your interest rates lowered and your monthly payments lowered as well. So that will take the, that'll give you more of a reprieve and take some of the pressure off. So maybe you're paying a thousand dollars and all these expenses before, but all you can manage is $700. Well, I'd reach out to an organization like 
Money Management International, for example, to see if they can help you. Um, and then you have, so going back to like the student loans, find out if you can do a, a forbearance or if you can do a deferment. And those two are different. Um, so you got to keep that in mind as well. First, find out if your program has those. Uh, the other thing is you have an income-based repayment plan. So a lot of people don't know that's probably a better option than doing a forbearance or a deferment. So uh, because with the deferment, you're just kind of pushing it back a little bit. Um, you have the forbearance. And I'll go into more into that in a little bit as well. So with the income-based repayment plan or called a IBR, or you might hear of, um, some of you may have heard of IDR. Mm -hmm. That's an income-driven repayment plan. They're gonna look at, there's a form you fill out, you'll answer some questions. They'll find out typically what your income is. They'll ask about your household size. Uh, they'll get a copy of your tax transcript. So you have to give them approval for that. You have to go onto the FAFSA website so they can have access to your tax documents and your student loan information. And if you're married, they're gonna ask for your spouse to sign off on that as well if you file joint together. So those are some of the things you're gonna to have to be prepared for. It's not a lot. It's actually a pretty seamless process in most cases, um, but it's still it's something that you're going to have to um, just keep in mind. Um, there's options out there because in some cases we've experienced this where we paid zero dollars or very few dollars or ten or twenty nine dollars a month instead of four or five hundred dollars we were required to pay until we applied for the program. And when you do the income based or dri driven repayment plan. I know I'm going a little more in student finances, but there's a lot of people who are con considering bankruptcy because they cannot pay their student loans. Mm -hmm. So just know my whole point is that there's options out there for you. Um, but you call out to them, you ask them, and within 30 days, usually you'll know you'll have an update, a response of if you've been approved or not. All things being equal, they see obviously you can't afford it. Um, your household size, they look at you're bringing in less than $100,000. Maybe you're bringing in only 20, 30, 40, 50 for most people I talk to in these situations, not all, then that gives you the option to have a reprieve. And you're still on a payment plan. So if you're trying to qualify for debt forgiveness, student loan forgiveness, it still qualifies whether your payments are zero or whether your payments are $500 a month. It doesn't matter because that program lasts for a year at a time. So Every 12 months, you'll recertify. And what you want to do is prepare to recertify 60 days beforehand just to make sure you don't get behind. You have additional interest, penalty fees, or late payments or anything like that. Uh, and then you can also, another thing is, um, so with the deferment, so with that one, some of them might last three years. It just depends. With the forbearance, usually it's no more than 12 months. So, um, and then with the forbearance, there's specific qualifying events and you'll let them know. So, but it's not necessarily. And then everything else is tied to, for when it comes to deferment, as far as the qualifications, it's tied to event like being unemployed. Um, it could be enrolled, enrolled in school half time, but typically if you're any type, any type of financial hardship, that's where these things are really going to matter and come up for you. And if you can show proof of that and documentation, uh, even if you have to get a reconsideration, that's another thing to consider as well. So with deferment, another thing I also want to mention is too, is if you had to go that route, is where the interest does not accrue during that time on subsidized federal student loans and Perkin loans. So you want to find out specifically what type of loans you have, talk to your 
student loan servicer because they'll be able to tell you all those details. Um, and you can go to studentloans.gov as well. That one, you can actually get a whole history on all your student loans, who your guarantor is, who your, your servicer is, who the lender is. It could be the same or they can be all three different. But that's a good database where you can get all your information, the type of loan, the interest rates, everything. So if you see anything that's inaccurate as well, you could address that issue. Uh, for forbearance, there's interest that is still accrues on the loans, even if you are in a program. So just keep that in mind. So an income-based repayment plan is usually going to be the best one to keep your interest accumulation as low as possible because you don't have to worry about all the interest accumulating because you'll be in that payment plan and you'll just continue to pay whether it's $0, like I said, or $29 or whatever it might be. So creditors, also reaching out to your creditors, such as credit card companies. Reach out to them and talk to them because in some cases, you might be able to have your interest rates um, canceled for a period of up to 12 months, possibly, or six months. But some of them, some of the creditors, depending on your account, they're going to look at your account, look at everything. They'll look to see if, if you've been late a lot, all those different things, the history on your account, uh, if you've been in good standing, if they've helped you before. But you want to reach out to each of your creditors. I've talked to some people where they literally have 20, 30 credit cards. Then get you a list, write that list down, go down each, go down the line and reach out to each of them. Ask about, hey, can you, I want to get my interest rates reduced or either stopped, my interest payments stopped for the next 12 months. And always go on the extreme because in some cases they will do this for people. I've talked to members throughout the year where this happens. Now, all the creditors typically, I've not seen where all five or 10 are going to give you some type of reprieve but some of them will. Some people have been able to get their interest rates down to zero, 1%, 3%. So I've seen this in multiple cases, 5%, maybe it was at 30%, and now the interest rate's at 10%. Hey, I'll save an extra $150, $200 a month off a credit card that has a balance of $15,000. That's going to allow you to pay that down faster, but also it'll take some of the pressure off as you go forward with whatever they work out with you. So just know the biggest thing is reaching out, asking questions, letting people know your situation. Don't worry about the no's, focus on the yeses, because you might get 10 no's, but five yeses. That five yeses could be in the key areas where the debts are higher, where it might save you $500, $700 a month. And then you need it, and that might be the breathing room you needed to be able to put more food on your table, not have to try and file for bankruptcy and have to go through more stuff and deal with more paperwork when you're trying to get stuff off your plate. And then the biggest thing is then be consistent. You want to set up a budget. If you don't have a budget, some people don't have a solid budget. You don't have to look at it every day, but having some type of spending plan in place. Have a spreadsheet. Even if you use some type of software, there's different free apps out there online. You can just type in uh, top 10 free budgeting apps and you'll come up with a list of different resources that you'll find. Um, there's some great programs out there. So again, there's so many different opportunities and avenues and ways to, for most people, not in all cases, but for most to be able to do a lot on their own without having to pay anybody, but pick up the phone, ask questions, and then document, document, document. Anything you get in print, see if you can get it mailed to you or get it emailed to you. You always want to have a record of anything. So if anything happens, power outage, anything like that, data is lost with the company, but you have a record of it then that's what you have to secure that agreement that you, you came up with with them. So that's another thing too. And then also you want to have something where you have a reminder 
of any updates. If you got to create a list and then put it somewhere on the kitchen um, refrigerator, a lot of people do that, or somewhere on the wall by the door in the front when you go out of the house, but you just want something to be able to um, help you stay on track. But that budgeting piece is going to be important too, because if you don't already have one, you don't know where your money's going. If you don't know where your money's going, you could just be throwing away money you don't have to by just making a few tweaks. Um, another thing you can do too is with the car insurance. We pay car insurance up front. And so if car insurance, you usually for a lot of the major carriers, you can get your payments pushed back two weeks. So if you need to help in that situation as well, or if you need to change your insurance policy, I always say do insurance reviews, health insurance, life insurance, uh, auto insurance, homeowners insurance. Renters insurance is typically less than $10 a month for a lot of people or less than $20 a month, excuse me. So um, with that as well, you want to do a review just once a year because you never know where you might be able to explore additional savings. I, I helped one friend with insurance save $200 plus a month. That means he saved over $1,200 a year just by me putting him in a better insurance plan he got better coverage, including systems coverage for any pipe breaks or anything like that, or electrical failures with the home and the systems that are tied to that, specifically with the plumbing, the water and things like that. And so, but that was covered under this new insurance policy and he got better coverage for less. So those are things, again, just doing those reviews. Those are areas where you might be able to save money. And what I like to do with people is go through discovery process, because when it all adds up in some cases, I've been able to help a lot of members save three, four, five, six hundred dollars just by discovering what they didn't know before. And lastly, because I'm keeping this short, we'll do more on this in the future. You want to look at your pay stubs. Again, before you just say, okay, I need to do bankruptcy, I'm overwhelmed. Well, first, with anything, of course, take an inventory, do a budget, make sure you've documented everything. But one area that's also missed, again, for those who don't have a lot and for those I've seen have a lot of money is how are your finances allocated before you receive your check? What's coming out of your check? I talked to some members, I'm like, okay, you said you bring home $76,000 a year gross, but then I look at your check, you're bringing home $2,700 to $3,500 a month. So that tells me you have a lot of money going out of your paycheck before you even receive it. How much are you having going to retirement? Are you having 10, 15% going into your retirement account? Okay, we might need to make some adjustments, especially if your company is already matching that. Do you have stock options? That's great. You're already getting typically a 15% discount in savings with that. So that's fine, but make sure you don't have $700 going out here, but you need $300 of that back in your own paycheck. Because if you do that, one thing, for example, is I'll tell people, if you have a lot of money going into your retirement, that's great. But you're telling me you have three, $400 in interest fees or $500 in some cases in interest fees on credit cards you're in a negative amortization position because even though you might be averaging three or four or 5% typically on a retirement account, average retirement account, and then you don't include the fees on that retirement account each year either. So there's a lot of things people don't realize. So you're still paying 20, 25% in interest fees every year, just going out the door. So it's better for you to put less in a retirement account, but still keep contributing let your employer match if they have matching. So it's important to understand those things. So you'll know each month what you're getting. So your pay stub's gonna tell you all of that. Your pay stub's gonna tell you what all taxes you're paying, what's going in retirement, what's going to any investments, any ESOP plans, 
any of those things, your TSP, your 403B, your 403A, that's another one. Not a lot of people have that, but that's a different one. So just know when you know what's going in your pay stub, you can just do a review periodically. You don't have to do it every month, but periodically. It's going to be vitally important because once you know that, then you'll know better how to make the adjustments you need to make. And then after doing everything you can, if you feel like I need to do bankruptcy, then I would say do a free consultation with an attorney who handles bankruptcy and go from there before you make a decision and get a realistic expectation of what they're going to charge up front and what they're going to charge per hour. Or do they have a subscription service? Some attorneys are going that route. All right. Well, with that said, that's just a little bit on um, bankruptcy, but also some other good tidbits of knowledge and things you can do as far as strategy that you can apply to other areas beyond just being in a situation where you feel like you have to file for bankruptcy. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to us at um, unwindfinancial.org. That's unwindfinancial.org. Thank you so much. Until next time, God bless you and unwind.